CSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Thursday's edition of To Every Men and Answer here in the first week of a brand new year. Once again, we want to say uh, Happy New Year to all of you. Like I say, prepare for a very, very unusual year. I think this year is going to be, you know, we have all kinds of things, problems globally. This is one of the signs that Jesus gave in Matthew chapter 24, perplexity among nations. Now, what a strange verse that is. But when we really look at the original language, the word perplexity means problems with no way out. Problems with no way out that affect the world. Friends, we have that right now. Now, again, there's always been wars. There's always been famines. There's always been all these things. But now it's global. And again, Putin is threatening to nuke the United States. I read the article yesterday. I believe it was uh, Associated Press because of the humiliation. He's lost over 350,000 Russian soldiers fighting this Ukraine war. Pretty big loss. And he's blaming the West, and in particular, the United States, for supplying all the money that is needed to buy these weapons. And so, as he said, I'm holding America accountable for this and will be punished. What does that mean? Well, when you stop to think that America is not in biblical prophecy, these are things that make you go, hmm. Once again, if you've been reading your Bible, come across something you don't understand, hey, give us a call. That number to call again, 8888-ASK-CSN. Joining me today, special guest, featured CSN speaker, Morning Times here, Chosen Generation, Daryl Skinner from Calvary Chapel, Pearl Harbor, Honolulu, Hawaii. Aloha. Aloha, Mike, and aloha to all the listeners out there. Great to be with you once again. And I was listening to your uh, introduction to the show today. It's uh, it's uh, it's so right, it's so spot on, if you will. You know, uh, Paul the Apostle says that in the last days there'll be perilous times. The word perilous in the Greek is savage, and we're living in some very savage times. For what's happened to Israel and and what uh, Russia is trying to do to Ukraine and so forth, and so many innocent civilians are being killed. Uh, and in Ukraine, and it's it's uh, these are these are perilous times. These are savage times. These are very vicious and wicked times. And of course, they've got to blame somebody. So Russia is going to blame us for their failures, of course. And then you have Israel, who's fighting for its very existence over there against Hamas. And, and in this war, you know they're they're being blamed that they're being savage, but they're not. They're protecting themselves. I mean, how many thousands upon thousands of rocks have been hurled into? Israel for the last 20 years. It's been unbelievable. And then they did the slaughter on October 7th. Hamas did. And now Israel is fighting back. And Hamas isn't surrendering. Hamas isn't giving up those hostages uh, and so forth. So Israel has every right to, to take it to the nth degree and defeat its enemy. This is war. And war is not pretty. It's very ugly. And uh, But they have to defeat their enemy there. And now, now we've got to deal with the, They have to deal, of course, with Hezbollah up there to the north. And that's another uh, strategic area. I just read an article today that they're looking at expanding the border between Israel and Lebanon, and Israel's going to expand that border to protect its northern cities there in Israel. So these are very exciting times. It's a sign of the times, which is the last days. 
that we're living in means the Lord is coming soon, but we need to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And this is going to be, a, 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 it, like you said, <laughs> 2024 could be very tumultuous, not only across the world, but as well as in these United States as we go into another election for the presidency and so forth. So, Mike, good to be with you. Exciting times. Yeah, we are in times that, uh, you know, people say, well, I want to wait till the last minute. Well, hey, we're here. Uh, and I think uh, all hands on deck. And uh, think about laying up for yourself some treasure in heaven. The Bible says where rust and moth and thieves break through and steal. You know, you need to think about um, eternity. It might be a lot closer Absolutely. than any of us think about. Again, in this widening war, Putin said, that the West, speaking of the United States, is the real enemy. Well, this is a real concern for, I believe, all of us. Because again, when you uh, have suffered global humiliation, as Russia has, um, you know, they they want to, uh, you know, they don't want to be known as a, as we, here's a little country, Ukraine, that basically is holding them at bay. Uh, you know, once again, over 350 thousand, according to the statistics, Russian soldiers have died. Uh, Boy, I'll tell you, friends, we are in some times different than any other time. And then you have, of course, uh, North Korea um, just itching to try out their new atomic bombs on either South Korea or try to deliver them to America or Hawaii. Uh, So, uh, yeah, uh, we are in some very incredible times. Then you look at America and you have different states refusing to put people on the ballot. Now, remember, President Trump has been convicted of nothing. Remember that. Uh, you're innocent, according to our laws, until proven guilty. So by Maine and Colorado, Nevada, leaving Trump off the ballot, I believe the legal lawsuits could run into the billions and billions of dollars against these states for condemning somebody before they're convicted. So I guess maybe Colorado and Maine have these giant bank accounts into the trillions of dollars that they can ward off um, somebody doing this to somebody without being convicted. Boy, I'll tell you, we are in crazy times right now. I believe it was North Carolina refused to put anybody on the Democratic ballot except Joe Biden, no matter who's, who's running against him. So, yeah, we're we're finding now that America is becoming more fragmented by the minute. The Bible says, united we stand, divided we fall. And again, um, we, uh, the, Jesus said, any country divided will not stand. And when you stop and realize how divided we are, and you hear this, this crazy stuff coming from our government, well, diversity is our strength. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Unity is our strength. The United States of America. It's not the diversity states of America. Well, here's the problem. When we see this kind of stuff, and then you see, and you know, you mentioned that uh, about Israel, you find nothing from the United Nations, nothing from the Democratic Party, AOC and the others, for Hamas to surrender. They're the ones that started the war. And if you don't want Israel to continue to attack, cease fire, they scream, call for Hamas to surrender. But you don't hear one call. Not one time have I ever heard from the United Nations, 
the Democratic Party that oppose uh, uh, Israel, I've never heard one of them ever say, Hamas, surrender. They won't do it. Why? They started the war, everybody. So no, I, I think Israel, until Hamas surrenders, is fully justified to continue on. We live in trying times, everybody. And again, if you don't know the Word of God, you won't know what's going on. I feel sorry for churches who do not teach the Bible and refuse to teach out of the book of Revelation. Because right now, it is giving us the framework, the picture of what's about to come upon this earth. And when you realize that man has always used every weapon that he has invented— And you look at the arsenal that China has, Russia has, now these underdeveloped nations, North Korea, the 30th poorest country on earth, now with nuclear capabilities, friends, we are in some absolute crazy times, not to mention Iran. And when they test fire their ballistic missiles on the side of the missile, I saw it myself, death to Israel. Wow. I would have to conclude that these people are building these for a reason. But for some reason, again, we're asleep. And that's the way it always is. The Bible tells us how great is that darkness. 8888, ask CSN. If you've got a question you'd like to ask us, let's go ahead and go to the phones. We have Adam on the lean, on the line. We have on the lean too. On the line, <laughs> Toledo, Ohio. Hi, welcome. Hey, gentlemen. Great to talk to you. Merry Christmas, and um, I just pray for Donald Trump and his family. And amen. Um, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to voting for him. Um, I, I had originally two questions. So I'm going to uh, make sure I'm a good steward of your time. Uh, my my question really was uh, in Jude chapter nine. Um, it talks about Michael and Satan fighting over. Um, Moses' body. And I was hoping you could elaborate a little bit more on that for me. Okay, your thoughts. You know, when we read that passage and we're thinking about this this battle over the body, why battle over the body of Moses? Um, it's, it's important to realize that God had a plan for Moses, even after death. And so uh, could the children of Israel made Moses' body into a sense of an idol and worshipped him because he was the greatest prophet they've ever had, and the miracles that he performed and so forth. Of course, God did all the miracles. But that could have been the battle. Satan wanted to use that body for something, on a, on a, excuse me, an alternative in getting the children of Israel to uh, engage in idolatry. Uh, the other thing is we do see the appearance of Moses along with Elijah uh, on the Mount of Transfiguration, which is very fascinating. Of course, Moses representing the law, the first five books of the Bible, and, of course, uh, Elijah representing the prophets, and they're ministering to the Lord Jesus on that Mount of Transfiguration about what's going to happen and so forth. And so we see the appearance of the two of them. And so it's uh, we, we see that the, the it was important for God to, to have that body of Moses and deal with it, uh, what he wanted to do with it, appropriately. So uh, this is where we see, as we look through the Scriptures, what happened to that body of Moses and where, where he would be. Of course, he would have been in Abraham's bosom, and then, of course, he has this appearance uh, with Elijah there on the mount. So, Mike, I'll give it over to you. Yeah, as far as an Old Testament reference, I don't know that we have that. Uh, What we do have, though, is we find other places where the people of God withstood Satan and, uh, of course, uh, and angels, 
Uh, this is found in Zechariah 3 uh, and uh, verse 3, verse 2 uh, of Zechariah, it says, And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord has chosen Jerusalem, rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now, again, we find this attack of the enemy all the way through the Bible, both New Testament and Old Testament. Here we're in the Old Testament. We can clearly see this this attack. Um, and again, the body of Moses, as you said, Daryl, I believe one of the reasons why God buried uh, Moses is because uh, the idolatrous nation of Israel would have no doubt been worshiping the casket or the body of, of Moses. And so God led him into a, a high mountain, and there he was allowed to see into the promised land. But as his word said, because he smote the rock rather than speak to it the second time, the Bible says that that he was not allowed to go in uh, to the promised land. But I believe God buried Moses uh, to keep this from being an idol. And it's interesting that in Jesus's uh, ministry here on this earth, you would find the Pharisees oftentimes chiding with uh, Jesus, Moses said, or Abraham taught us, but they would oftentimes refer to Moses. Um, it wasn't what God was doing in their own personal life. It's that their spirituality seemed to have been borrowed from somebody else. Hope that helps. Oh, yeah, that was a tremendous help. Thank you both very much. You're both extremely intelligent gentlemen, and uh, I always enjoy listening. So, Well, God Thank bless you, you Adam. Stay on the line if you like, send you out some books and DVDs. Happy New Year to you. Let's go to Sandra, Reno, Nevada. Hi, pastors. Thank you so much for what you do. I listen to you guys all the time and pray for you guys because we need you guys. Um, so my question is this. About, I want to say about seven years ago, I... I had a dream about the rapture. I never told anybody, um, but it was so vivid. I told my son um, because my daughter was having a lot of issues with God. Um, and I told her, if you don't get together with God, you're going to stay. And so she finally did. Thank goodness. Thank God. Um, she's now a believer. But lately, and I don't say anything to anybody, but it's like I've been talking to God. And um, he said, finally, ask your pastor. So I've been having a lot of dreams about the rapture, um, how he's going to come and how many people are, you know, are going to stay and all of that. And I know you guys say, you know, not all the dreams are right, you know, and I know the Bible does say that um, God does give dreams to young people and old people and everything like that. So I'm just, you know, so, I don't know how to say it, but I'm just so I don't, I don't want to say worried because I'm not. You know, I know when the Lord comes, he's going to take his church. But it's so weird that um, I also had other friends that, you know, have been saying, I had a dream about the rapture. This is just so weird. You know, I, I just don't know what to think about that because it's been, I've been having that a lot frequently. Your thoughts? You know, the Bible declares that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And many times as we dream, we're kind of like out of control of that sound mind. We get some weird dreams, uh, some nightmares and so forth, some some demonic dreams. And uh, But we must always realize that what, is, what, what does the Word of God say? What is our foundation? 
how do I fight with that spiritual armor and and I have that sword of the spirit and I'm using it against the uh, strongholds of the enemy and the strongholds are lies and fears and he wants to destroy our faith and so forth. And so faith comes by hearing him by the word of God. The word of God tells us in Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51, Paul writes, behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment. That's a metamorphosis. And in, in a, in a, rather a moment, it means a, a tomo, means an atom of time. And the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. And then it says, so when this corruptible has put on incorruption, this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass that saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But here's your real key. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus says, once you believe in me, you come to faith in me as your Lord and your Savior, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's going to take you up in the rapture, dear sister. He loves you tremendously. He died for you. And just tell the enemy to get lost when it comes to those dreams. Try not to eat that pizza before you go to bed. Maybe that's the problem. I don't know. But I'm just teasing you. But uh, don't 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 worry about fear in those things that I might be left behind and so forth. That's just the ploy of the enemy to get you to live in doubt, to get you to live in fear. The Word of God tells you the absolute opposite. You are absolutely confident in the Lord Jesus Christ. Your assurance, your hope is, is, a, is an assurance of hope that you're going to go up in the rapture because you believe in Jesus Christ, what he did for you on the cross. He rose from the grave. And he's always with you. So, Mike, I'll give it back to you. Yeah. So, uh, again, um, I, I think when it comes to ministering to people, again, as I would always tell everyone, how would you want someone to talk to you if you were in their shoes? And I believe that's one of the best ways to do it. Paul in the Bible in the New Testament was a tremendous bridge builder. Uh, he said, I become all things, all men, that I may win some. Now, Again, Paul didn't become a drug addict to minister to drug addicts, but it meant that he would go where they were and he would he would relate with them, and I believe sing it from their point of view so that he'd be able to minister to them. And he did this, of course, at Mars Hill. I see you're all very religious people with all your statues. You have this one here to the unknown God. This is the one I want to declare to you. So I hope that helps. It did. Thank you so much. And pastors, can I ask for a prayer for my mother-in-law? This Friday she had surgery and they cut off her legs and mm. she's struggling, you know, at this time. She just became more of a believer because I've been, you know, telling her about God and everything like that. And I bought her a Bible. Um, now she's reading it, um, but she needs her prayer, your prayers, please. Well, Father, we just lift up Sandra's family and, and this woman and we just ask you that you would guide the doctor's hands. But more than that, Lord, that you would settle this girl's heart, this woman's heart, Lord, that that um, something that she is understanding that so many people right now living in this world do not understand, life is temporal. And so may, that you would be able to uh, use her life in a way that through this, that she would bring other people into your kingdom and Father, that you would give uh, Sandra the right words to say to her that would encourage her in her relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We'll be praying for you, Sandra. 
God bless you guys. Take Blessings care. to you. Happy Appreciate New Year to you. Stay in line and may, perhaps you might uh, get some of these things and show them to your family. Stay in line. We'll get you taken care of. Let's go to Juan. I believe it is Las Vegas. Hi, Juan. Hi, Pastor. Hi, pastors. How may um, we? Help? Yeah, I, I, I was I was reading I was reading uh, Genesis twenty from one to five, mm-hmm. and I was I was uh, reading about Sarah and uh, Abraham that they were uh, they were uh, half brothers. And uh, my question is, what happened with uh, today? Uh, half brother fell in love with his uh, half sister, uh, and today, well, what, what, what's your take on that? Well, of course, the gene pool back that far was not as polluted as it is now, and so we do find oftentimes, many times, people marrying their their close relatives. And, and certainly um, we find this all the way through the Bible uh, in the early years. Now, we know today, if you marry a close relative, the possibility of genetic kickback and, and uh, retardation or genetic defects are extremely high. And that's why it's prohibited in our nation to marry, I believe, anybody closer than a second cousin because of this, of this issue. Now, uh, again, going back... Uh, and and actually, we go back before the flood. We know that Adam and Eve, their children, had to marry each other. Um, and we don't know how many children Adam and Eve had totally. We know that they had um, sons. We know that they had to have daughters. And in the period of living almost over 900 years, as Adam did, how many children could you have in that amount of time? Like I tell people, I've been to family reunions and I, I find people that are my second cousins that I didn't even know were my cousins um, because, um, you know, they all call there to one place to have a picnic dinner together. You know, who are you? And then you start comparing notes and you go, well, you're my second or third cousin. This is weird. Um, I believe that uh, after uh, probably a hundred years of Adam and Eve having children, uh, it wouldn't be hard to understand how they were able to do this without any genetic kickback problems. But um, as as it all goes along, and we know all of creation is under the curse, and that curse continues, and I believe this is why we find this, this issue. But at the time of Abraham and Sarah, um, you know, he said, well, she's my sister. Well, he, he's only half lying, and that's... That's always an issue. Your thoughts? Yeah, uh, Abraham's faith was growing in the Lord at that time, and and so was Sarah's. And I think the real affirmation we find, of course, would be Hebrews chapter 11. It's the roll call of the heroes of faith. And you find Abraham and Sarah both in there, along with their kids uh, and so forth, Isaac, Jacob, and so forth. And you see this lineage that takes place to the Messiah. But uh, we see that affirmation as they're both believers in God, looking for the Messiah to come and looking for the heavenly city that God has promised. And all that was coming to fruition. So the best commentary in the Bible is the Bible itself. As Mike shared too also is, is that today's uh, gene pool is uh, badly messed up and, and you got to be cautious and careful. And 
the design what God has given us today is is different than what the design was back in the Old Testament, as uh, the 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 lineage of humanity was just the generations of humanity, I should say, was just beginning, and from Adam and Eve, and then then the, their kids, and then their kids, and then their kids, and they the explosiveness, and then it, then it starts over again with Noah and his family, and so we see this take place after the flood, also. So, but it's uh, it's in God's word, and this is how He designed it, and then so be it. But uh, Abraham had to grow in his faith. He shouldn't have been lying. He just told the truth. But uh, God took care of business because God is God. He's got a plan. Mike, Amen. I hope that helps. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, dear. Thank you. God bless you, Juan. Happy New Year to you. And again, eighty-eight, eighty-eight. Ask the ascends the number to call. If you want to be part of the program today, we've got a couple lines open. You're sure to get on. If you call right now, let's go to David. Uh, excuse me, uh, David, Las Vegas. Hi and welcome. Hello. H- how you doing, Pastor Mike? Good. How may we help? Oh, thank you. Uh, hello to uh, Aloha to Pastor uh, to, uh, to Pastor Skinner. Darryl. How are you doing, sir? <laughs> I'm doing great. How you doing, <laughs> David? I was back. I, I went to go visit your church in 2009 with my brother Lawrence. Man, uh, you spent the. You were so kind to us, man. You spent a couple of hours with us outside talking to us, man. Uh, just wanted to thank you for that. It's been so long since I've uh, heard from you. But my question, you need to look, come back, my friend. <laughs> I'm going to come back, man. It was an awesome church, man. The that Aloha spirit, just everything was just so beautiful there, man. It was the people, everything. Amen. Such a healthy, healthy, a very healthy uh, uh, fellowship there. So my question is, um, I was reading in um, yesterday, just randomly, I was I was reading in First uh, Chronicles chapter 15 and verse 27 man i i i read a i read a across this fascinating uh, portion of scripture that you know i've read it so many times and and it never ever dawned on me uh the the implication that it con- conveys that uh the the effort, right that king david wore it was uh only to be worn by the high priest but here we have a picture we have we have a, a king from the tribe of judah wearing a priestly garment right to me that it's like it popped out to me it was like this is a picture of what was going to come to fruition the kingsly priestly line that was going to come through christ after the order of Melchizedek. i just wanted to get your thoughts on that if i if i'm interpreting that right it was like a foreshadowing if you will well what's interesting here you find in verse 27 of first chronicles 15 it says that david was clothed with a robe of fine linen as were all the Levites who bore the ark. And the singers and uh, the music master, all those uh, also wore the linen ephod. Now we're going to talk about this when we come back from the break. But we remember this is where David was so happy that the ark was coming back that he took off his kingly robes and put on the priestly robes. Coming up on a break, everyone. We got a lot more coming up right after this. We'll be right back. It all came down to the ultrasound, and I saw this little lima bean-looking thing with a halo. When this mom came to a preborn center, a baby wasn't really in her plans. And I got to hear the heartbeat, and I got chills. In that moment, I just felt God's arms come around me and hug me and tell me that it was going to be okay. After hearing her baby's heartbeat and seeing her baby on ultrasound, this mom's plans changed. My choice to become a mom, hear those little footsteps running down the hallway every morning, 
morning is all because I had an ultrasound. It saved my life and hers. When an expected mother meets her baby on ultrasound, she is 80% more likely to choose life. Preborn's network of clinics are the largest provider of free ultrasounds in the country and have rescued over 270,000 babies. To learn how you can rescue a baby's life, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or call 855-668-BABY. That's 855-668-BABY. All gifts are tax deductible. If you are 65 or older, you know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on health care costs is so frustrating. But here's some great news. If you were just notified that your Medicare costs are increasing, a program out there can really help you with your medical bills. And it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare 65+. plus. It's not insurance. Members actually say it's better. It's a Christian healthcare community that aligns with your faith and where people encourage and pray for you. And MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. You choose any Medicare provider, and you get telehealth access anytime you need it. And this is great, too. Unlike health insurance, you can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. So don't get stuck with increasing costs. Call MediShare 65 Plus and find out how much you can save. Call 833-90-SHARE. That's 833-90-SHARE. 833-90-SHARE. you back to part two of to every man and answer here on this thursday afternoon first week of the brand new year with daryl skinner uh, from calvary chapel pearl harbor hawaii and um you know this is a really interesting verse because again he takes off king david takes off his kingly garments he's so excited the the ark is coming back he takes off his kingly garments and puts on the ephod uh, a, a priestly garment, which really signifies a servant. And I believe that's what all of us need to do today, that we need to take off our pride, uh, a robe of pride, and put on um, um, the attire of a servant. Your thoughts? Well, I agree with you 100%, Mike, as you read this passage. Also, there's a follow-up passage in Second Samuel chapter 6 that uh, I'd encourage you to, to read, uh, David, and it, it just gives you more information about the event itself and all that was taking place. So, uh, but David is, 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 he's the king and he's a spiritual leader of the children of Israel, which he took very seriously. Uh, and when we also study the life of David, we, we know that our Lord is going to come from his lineage and the Lord is going to be the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's also our spiritual high priest. And he's going to, in, in the second coming, he's going to reign and rule from Jerusalem. As as the king of the king of all all creation, as uh, well as as the spiritual high priest for all the world, and it'll be for a thousand years, and and the world will live under the uh, the rulership and the spiritual guidance of our Lord, and we get to return with Him as as saints in our glorified bodies, and we're going to be a, a kingdom of spiritual priests leading people who are who did not take the mark of the beast, leading them and their children, their children's children during the thousand years in the spiritual ways of God and to love Christ and to follow him and his ways. It's going to be a magnificent, magnificent time during the thousand year reign of Christ. And so you see these typologies unfolding from the old Testament 
to the to the the life of Christ, to the second coming of Christ, and uh, it's it's uh, it just it's this the Bible reaffirming itself from Genesis to Revelation over and over again who Jesus is, what He's going to do, what He's going to be like, and God uses certain individuals throughout the the test the Old and New Testaments to reveal these truths to us for our benefit and our comfort and what we get to look forward to in, in the near in the near future. So it's very exciting, Mike. Amen. I hope that answers it for you, David. Actually, it does. Thank you guys so much. You guys have a wonderful day. Really appreciate it. You too. Happy New Year to you. Again, 8888, ask CSN number to call if you want to be part of the program today. And we're going to go to Dan in Erie, Pennsylvania. Hi, welcome. Good evening. I really enjoy uh, your program, and thank God for to every man an answer. It's uh, it's, very... Vitamin to my soul. Amen. To my soul. Amen. Uh, Praise God. Two questions. They're almost the same. Uh, one is from Genesis seven twenty. Fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail, and the mountains were covered. Mm-hmm. And then my and then my second question. And the ark rested. It's from Genesis eight four. The ark rested uh, upon the mountains of Ararat. Mm-hmm. Now. My first part question, were before the flood, there were no, did they have, was there high mountain ranges or were they small like little hills or? Well, we don't know. And and, and this very quickly, just to let everybody know, uh, 15 cubits is about 22 and a half feet. So uh, of the water came the global flood that is recorded in many different cultures outside of Judaism. Uh it it speaks of a, a global flood, and it says that it that the water stood above the highest mountain for uh, uh, twenty two and a half feet above the highest mountain. Now, when we stop to think about, and we also find in the Bible here, there was a fellow by the name of Peleg. He was named that when the earth broke apart. Now that is a weird verse. Now, what we find in that verse is that it seems that there was maybe one landmass, and then after the flood, it could have broken apart. This would attribute possibly the different animals being in Australia and some of the other places. Um, we find uh, different areas that as this giant landmass would have broke up. Now, we also know that they continue to break up. Um, Paris, France... And New York move apart from one another about two or three inches a year. So if you're going to fly there, fly quickly because it's going to cost more because it's getting farther away. Just kidding. But the point is, the point is, the continental drift is true. And it has happened. And uh, you've probably seen the maps where they kind of plug South America into uh, Africa. And then, you know, all this was once a landmass. But the world, the Bible said, did break apart. And because of that, I would have to say that this is very possibly when we find the great tectonic plate changes in our earth. Now, one of the things we have to remember, it isn't just the flood. In fact, the rain came down, but that wasn't the primary source of the water. The Bible says the wells of the deep broke open. And they. I just read an article yesterday where they said one of the greatest seas is under is under uh, our land under under the earth it's it's under and they say there is about one 
new cubic mile of water a year that seeps out of the subterranean uh, pockets of this globe. So one cubic mile a year of new water that's never been on this earth before comes up out of the ground. And so uh, it isn't uh, simply a process of it raining, perking down through the soil, and then coming out as a spring. This is brand new water. Now, it seeps out in the different crevices in the ocean, different places on earth, on on the dry land. But this is something that is interesting because, again, it says not only did the sky, um, you know, did it rain, but the wells of the deep broke open as well. Now, it may very well be, as you said, Dan, maybe not a lot of high mountain ranges at that time. But we know that whatever it was that caused the earth to break apart uh, is, is, is still going on now. Here's something so important, and if, if it, and I'm glad you all are listening today because this is something so many people miss in biblical prophecy. When we read in Revelation chapter 6, it says this, every mountain and island moves out of its place. And then later on in Revelation, all the islands are gone altogether. Now, this is concerning. Here's why. Because... What science, or maybe I should say it's not real science, it's evolution, uh, evolutionary science. And it's not science, it's evolutionary religion, really, to be correct, because there's no facts for what they what they try to teach as fact. There are no transitory life forms, there's no transitional life forms, uh, living or fossilized, so it's made up. And even Darwin himself said this was the problem in his theory, which is not generally taught in the schools Uh, because of this, because it disproves it. But what they're attributing billions of years to of these mountain ranges and the seashells that are found on some of the highest mountains in the world, how do they get up there? Well, it's because we had some major tectonic plate changes on our globe. Now, they're saying this took Billions and billions of years to happen. The Bible says can't go for that. Happened in a short amount of time, less than 6,000 years. Oh, the Bible is so stupid. Ridicule it. Well, we're going to get to see whether the Bible is true or not in the very first part of the tribulation period where every mountain and island moves out of its place. This speaks of global tectonic plate movement. Insomuch, in Revelation chapter 6, it scares the people so bad, they cry to the mountains and the rocks, hide us, fall on us, for the day of his wrath has come. Why are you out in the wilderness? Why aren't you in the buildings? It would probably indicate that the buildings are not safe to be in, no matter what standard of earthquake they were built for. And when you stop to realize that the Pacific Plate is being pressed down, uh, or maybe I should say the North Atlantic Plate, the Pacific Plate is pushing it down, they expect in the San Andreas Fault, which is so far overdue, this major correction. We're not talking a 7.8 or a, or a, you know, a 7.9. 
really, it could be something like a 19-0, something that the world has not seen. Because we do know that the book of Revelation, the Bible says these things are brought on by the one who created it all. There's always been earthquakes. There's always been famines. There's always been pestilences. But those are based on the devil's work. But the book of Revelation is not based on the devil doing this to humanity, at least the supernatural things, when the seals are broken in heaven. These are metered out by God. And the Bible says there is going to be major, major tectonic plate movement. And when you realize in the very first part of the tribulation period, one quarter of the world's population dies. There's 8 billion people on earth right now. So figure at least 2 billion will die in the very first part, in the very first couple of years of the tribulation period. This is staggering because we hear so much about the COVID and, oh, how there was a million people that died and blah, 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 and all this kind of stuff. That is nothing compared to 2 billion people that will be dead. Your thoughts? Well, the Lord Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 21, he said, For then there will be great tribulation, such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time, for, for nor ever shall be. So we, we think about the flood of Noah's day as being a horrible, horrible uh, event. Of course, it was. Uh, God preserved Noah and his family, the only righteous ones, and he was a preacher of righteousness, thank goodness. And and that yet he's saying no, it's it's going to be magnificently worse. It's going to be absolutely horrible. And when you read the book of Revelation six to to nineteen, and you read about the events of the great tribulation period, it's uh, as Mike shared. If if you, if you don't, if you're going to think you're going to get on some island and be preserved, no, the islands are going to flee. They're going to be gone. This tectonic plate movement is going to be. Absolutely tremendous. There's a great video, by the way, by a Dr. Walter Brown explaining the flood of Noah's day and how the earth was ripped open uh, during that time. And the fountains of the deep uh, just gushed forth, as Mike was sharing about. And I've read about this. There's like a major ocean underneath China right now and, and various places. So we have to realize all these all these things are – the Bible speaks, and yet science is trying to catch up to the Bible. And, and, and uh, again, it just continues to affirm what we believe. Now, it's also interesting that uh, I was talking to a, uh, a climatologist one time, and, and a Jewish climatologist, really fascinating uh, conversation. He has his doctorate in it, in it, and he also worked for NASA at one time. And, and I asked him, I said, what if during the Noah's day the world was just straight up and down without the 23-degree tilt? What would the weather be like? He says, wow, I never thought of that. It'd be perfect weather across every part of the world. We wouldn't have the ice caps and all the things that are happening today. And, and I go, well, if it could have been that during that time of Noah that the earth tilted to the 23 degrees, what would be the atmospheric uh, situation? It would take, well, it would be, be horrendous. And, and now we've got our weather systems, probably started all these things. And, and you have the cooling of the poles and so forth. He says, that's, that's, I've never thought about that, you know, but, and it could have been maybe at that point in time, God says, I'm going to turn this earth to 23 degrees. And then comes uh, the, the tectonic plate movements. Then comes this eruption underneath of the fountains of the deep and then the rain and everything. And of course, when you have the tectonic plates, you have these huge mountain ranges that are then developed 
because of this crashing of the plates and the pushing up of, of the ranges. Now, it, when it comes to the end times and the thousand-year reign of Christ, the Bible says the mountain ranges are going to be removed. The islands are going to flee. It's going to be a completely different topography to planet Earth and probably completely different, much like the Garden of Eden. And this is what we get to look forward to. So if you're not saved, I'd say get saved now before it's too late. You don't want to go into the tribulation period. You need to get saved today. Go up in the rapture of the church and return with the Lord because this place is going to rock and it's going to roll. And it's not good rock and roll. Mike? Yeah. And that uh, where the earth was divided uh, is Genesis ten twenty five, And it says, in his days, uh, this is when, uh, for in his days, the earth was divided. And uh, most people believe this is when the tectonic plate began. And um, we know that this earth has uh, has had tremendous earthquakes. What I was saying earlier, what what evolution uh, religion is attributing billions of years to of the mountain ranges and all these things that we see, the Bible says happened in a short amount of time, and they're going to happen again, based in Revelation chapter 6. So the idea then of time continuum and this means all things remain as they are, is false. They are going to change. And again, we have had a a, a relatively stable, uh, maybe we might say a thousand years or whatever globally, but that can all change. Now, here's some more things. One of the things that's interesting also in the book of Revelation is it says that we get hit by a falling star called Wormwood. And that, um, again, could rupture uh, the tectonic plate like you would drop a, a, a coffee cup on a, on a cement floor. It just shatters. That could shatter and cause this. So we oftentimes in the news, we'll see that this uh, meteorite uh, barely missed you know, the world. And, and, but they know that they believe something's going to happen. That's what they really believe the Gulf of Mexico is. The shape of it is where perhaps a, a meteorite hit the earth, a large one, and very well could have caused the 23-degree tilt, could have very, very much caused the rupture in the vapor canopy around the earth. The Bible says it didn't rain up to the time after the flood. So when Noah was building his ark, he was ridiculed because they never heard of rain before. What's that? It was watered by a mist, the Bible says, in the morning. A heavy, heavy dew is what watered the earth. So it was a very temperate place. High of 82, low of 72. I think that sounds really good. But that's going to change. And again, we see this idea that all things remain as they are. And they're saying, oh, it took billions of years. The Bible says, no, it took a short amount of time. Wait till you see what's going to happen in the first few years of the tribulation period. Wow. What they've been telling you took billions of years. Now we find a global uh, 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 structural change that will happen in just a, a short, short amount of time. So I hope that answers it for you. Thank you. It answered, uh, uh, my question on Genesis 7 and on Genesis 8-4. Amen. Amen. The Bible's true. Amen. And uh, Amen. again, you know, uh, I'll tell you, uh, people that discount what the Bible says, they're in for the surprise of their life, not only about our earth, but about eternity. And that's why the Bible says today is the appointed day of salvation. 
Dan, happy new year to you. Stay in line if you like. Send you out some books, some DVDs. Great question. Let's go to Terry, mm-hmm. Washington. Hi and welcome. Thank you so much. Okay, so my sister, who's been a Jehovah Witness since 1971, and I haven't, I didn't get my heart to Jesus until the fall of 81, so she has about 10 years on me, but we've, over the course of our time, we've had discussions, I, scripture, back and forth, you know? So I just flat out asked her, I said, is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? And she responded, yes, Lord, Savior, leader and king of God's kingdom. It's the Bible that teaches us that. And man, I sure would like your your uh, thoughts on this. Thank you. But to the Jehovah's Witnesses, Jesus is not God. Jesus is Michael the Archangel. This is the problem. Now, Terry, I want to say something, and this is for everybody listening. There's a lot of people who call themselves different things. Seventh-day Adventists, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, different things. And they don't really abide by the doctrines of their organization, by their religion. Um, And I believe that there's a spattering of sometimes believers within these cults, just as there is not everybody that goes to a mainline, good, Bible-believing, denominational church or independent church. Uh, Not everybody that goes there is a believer either. So they will oftentimes use the same vernacular as we do. Father, Son, Savior, Jesus, uh, eternal life, with completely, completely different definitions. And Paul warned about this of those coming and preaching another Jesus. They will use the name, but it's not the Jesus that died on the cross who is God. No, to the Jehovah's Witnesses, Jesus is Michael the Archangel. He was a created being. He was not from the beginning even though Jesus said he was. And so what the Jehovah's Witnesses did is cleverly rewrite the Bible to suit their own religion. Now, again, remember in 2013, they completely rewrote the New World Version again, again, and took away 10% of the verses. Now, if we're to live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, as Jesus says, how is it that the 2012 version of the New World Order, or New World Version, and the 2013 can have 10 percent less less words? This is a problem, and so they have to continue to rewrite the Bible to strip Jesus Christ of his deity, and that's what they do, based not upon anything other than their own interpretation, and these are all extremely dangerous things. And when you have to keep rewriting the Bible to suit your own belief, as the New World Version has been rewritten many times, the again, the latest of which, 2013, 10% less words. You got a problem. Your thoughts? Yeah, you know, um, Jesus is the Son of God, the second person in the Trinity. We read about his deity from uh, throughout these scriptures, from Elohim, meaning El meaning singular, Elo meaning dual, Elohim meaning plural, meaning the three and one. In Deuteronomy 6, 4, it says, The Lord our God, the Lord is one. The word for one in Hebrew is echad, and it speaks of a compound unity. Then, of course, you see the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit there at the baptism of Jesus and so forth. We see the Trinity, and the deity of Christ is in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God, John 1, 1, and they they manipulate that verse. Uh, no, no angel ever receives worship, and they believe that Jesus is the archangel Michael. 
and 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 the Mormons believe that Jesus is the spirit brother of Lucifer. Well, both are wrong, and uh, the Bible says that Jesus is God. When he appeared to Thomas in his resurrection, uh, Thomas said, "My Lord and my God." Paul the apostle in the uh, epistles of uh, uh, Titus, he calls Jesus our great God and Savior. Uh, you, you can't miss this. And But angels never receive any form of worship. They always say to worship God, and Jesus received worship, and the, the angels lead us to worship uh, God and so forth. So it's important for us to realize if a person is not born again of the Holy Spirit of truth, the Spirit of truth, Holy Spirit, leads us into all truth, which is the word of truth. Jesus prayed, Father, sanctify them with your 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 truth, your word, your word is truth. And so you don't touch the truth of God's word. You don't delete, as Mike said, 10% of the scriptures and so forth. You leave it as is. This is God's holy word. It's of no private interpretation, as Peter declares. It is a light in a world of darkness. And so what, what you need to do is pray for your sister and then continue to share with her because she's deceived. As, as Mike said in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, verse uh, 3 and 4, it says that they're going to come to us, they're going to come to us with another Jesus. It's, they use the name Jesus, but the Jesus of the Bible, who's the second person of the Trinity. And they're going to come to us with a different spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit of the Bible. And they're going to come to us with another gospel. It's not the gospel of salvation that's found in the Holy Scriptures. And so we have to be careful of these three items. They use the same terms. But uh, it's it's a deception. It's a con. And, and yet so many people are falling for this. That's why we must lead them to the word of God and the scriptures that declare the deity of Jesus Christ, the, who the Holy Spirit is, who the Father is, what the Trinity is all about. And you've got to keep hammering away and, and just challenge them and say, you know what, I want to show this to you and you tell me what you think. And there's uh, there's a. Um, a lot of great things in in the in the in the, on the internet and so forth dealing with the Trinity that you can share with her or the deity of Christ you can share with her and just tell her Jesus is not the spirit brother of of uh, of, of well he's not the archangel Michael that the Jehovah's Witnesses teach if she doesn't realize that you're gonna to have to pull that up for her so she does realize it because she needs to be led out of this cult and led to the truth of Jesus Christ because once you're born again in the Holy Spirit you're not gonna stay in a cult you're not gonna stay as a Mormon you're not gonna stay as uh, as basically a, a one who's a, a Jehovah's Witness, or in Seventh-day Adventism, for that matter. Mike mentioned that also. You're going to come out of it. The Spirit will lead you out. Yes, I, believe, I believe that. Yeah, the Spirit will lead you out. Uh, Terry, yeah. there's a great website you can go to. It's free. For Witness. The number four. Just four. Yes. One, two, three, four. Four Witness, W-I-T-N-E-S-S, forwitness.org. And I will give you all kinds of information that will help you witnessing to your sister, okay? So much. You know, and I, I, it breaks my heart to, to realize how many people she personally has led astray in all these years that her and her husband have been devoted to this lie. And wow. it just... Uh, grief it's all well they believe in soul sleep or annihilation and and very clearly the bible doesn't teach that jarius's daughter was healed by jesus the bible says her spirit returned to her same as in first kings where elijah heals his little boy his spirit returned to him doesn't say it was sleeping there in the grave all this kind of crazy stuff but um terry for the number again forwitness.org that'll help you stay in line we'll get you out some books happy new year to you thanks again daryl for being on look forward to being with you you tomorrow richard terry the rest call us back or to receive a copy of today's program please call 1-800-357-4226 
or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes Store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash TEMA. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 